Hello, everyone, and welcome to the another episode of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd here with the main man, JB. What's going on, bro? We are all good. This is Sweet. episode number 16. We are, and this is, and we, you know, happily welcome everyone. This is part one of a I would say a slight two-part special because we are going to follow on with what happens next for one person in particular. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's Brian Pillman part one, but this show is based around the moment where he leaves WCW. It's Super Bowl six. It's February 11th, 1996. But, before we get to all of that, before we get to the Brian Pillman chatter and how much we loved him and how great he was, some of us stayed up to watch another show this week, didn't we? <laughs> Did you yes. regret it? Um, I, to be honest, I'm happy I didn't stay up and actually watched it. I watched it the following day. Um, I have the, um, I have a type of job where I can watch things and have things on in the background while I'm working. Uh, and I watched uh, AEW All Out. I'll just add, uh, I fell asleep countless times watching this show on the sofa in the middle of the night. It, maybe it's just me, I was too tired, but yeah, a lot of it sort of put me out, you know. But before... Even before we get to All Out, can you remind the world where they can find us? Yes, we can. Uh, you are watching us, hopefully, on YouTube. Um, we would love to get a load more subscribers than we have at the moment. I know Jordan's been pimping us out like fucking Bobby Brown was pimping Whitney. Um, but... <laughs> but but he's he's been pimping us out on Twitter today. He's been doing his darndest to try and get us a few more followers and a few more subscribers. Uh, he's been doing a cracking job, JB. Big up yourself for that, mate. You're always cracking on trying to hit that hit that Twitter up. But yeah, we're we're trying to get more subscribers. Um, a statistic: if you know, 82% of the people that watched our last episode didn't subscribe or aren't subscribers which is crazy because we're hitting a, a, a great number of people watching our show every single week. Uh, last week, we even treated you to two episodes and this is how you fucking do us. Yeah. This is how you do us. You get two episodes in a week and you don't even subscribe. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it'll be great if everybody just, it's free. Just click a little button. You just click the button. It's, the following, it's free. The following announcement was the thoughts of Chris Dredd and not the rest of the show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, just click the button, man. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're still loving it. We're loving the um, the the interaction we're getting on Twitter. Um, there's been a few more comments and that coming through on the videos on YouTube. But yeah, it'd be, just be great if you watch the video, if you like it, if you've watched one, two, three, four of our videos, please just give us a subscribe because we are trying to push things forward in the name of. Uh, as, as they say, as the streets say, let's push things forward. So, um, yep, yeah, if you're watching us here on the video and you can see our lovely mugs, uh, myself and George, uh, you're watching us on YouTube. That is Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast on YouTube. Uh, we're also on the Twitter at Chat Grapple Pops on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are on various 
podcast platforms. Get your fingers ready, George. We are on Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. Um, it, it's great. It's great stuff. Um, and we love being on all those platforms. And we love being in your ear holes. Well, and in your eyeballs. We've seen, we can see how many downloads are off uh, for our shows. And I'm mightily impressed with the amount of people that just listen to us. Granted, sometimes we're not that easy on the eye. I get it. What are you talking no. about, man? Oh, we're fucking, we're just the sexy boys. Sexy boys. Of course we, we are. Look at us. We can't both be Sean. <laughs> well, one of us is going to have to be fucking Marty Jannetty, and that ain't me, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. Um, yeah. We, uh, well, I stayed up to watch All Out. I tried my best. Uh, I mean, if anyone who anyone hasn't watched it by now, surely that, that can't be possible. MJF did not win the AEW title from everyone's favourite, John Moxley. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he probably he probably should have, you know, this that whole thing. You know, if they wanted to carry on the feud, which was going going swimmingly, going well, MJF probably should have won it. But Mox won it with his with the band paradigm shift, MJF's crying foul saying he was cheating, blah, blah, blah. It's not a great way to continue a feud. Well, it's not going to continue, bruv, is it? It's, de it's dead. Uh, they're, no, they're they've moved on. They've moved on. They've moved and, and this was the whole point. Sorry, don't get me started because as no, my T-shirt say, as my T-shirt says, I'm going to start layeth the smack of down on yeah. these candy asses. I mean, there is a, we can briefly recap it. You know, Archer did win the uh, Casino Battle Royal, had a little debut from Matt Seidel or Evan Bourne, as people would... Might. Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, yep. He did take a bit of a... He made a mistake, or he slipped on the ropes when he was about to do his uh, shooting star. And, uh, a move, a move, out. yeah, it's a gone. move that incidentally he has done a squillion times as well. A squillion times. Like... More than a squillion times, Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne. He's been doing that for what, fifteen years? Yeah, it's it, unfortunate accident. You know, I'm sure the ropes were sweaty and stuff. That looks like iced tea that he's Chris is drinking there. Um, it is, yeah. I'll just point out that I've gone with a classic old Jamaica grape. Oh, dude, <laughs> nice man, yaman. Yeah, man. Going help. back in time, yeah. Yes, mate. It, um. Britt Baker and Big Swole and that. Was that meant to be cinematic? Because it wasn't. I no, mean. bro. That was, for me, right. Okay, it's begun. It, it's it, like the first match of your pay-per-view, right? Your first match of the pay-per-view and you've gone for something, a two for now. Like, again, every one of these matches had a fucking gimmick, yeah? Um, so it, you've got, you, you've got the first sort match. Sort of sounds like, a, you know, a company that we're reviewing tonight. It kind of does, yes. even though they said they're not going to be the new WCW. But anyway, they've they've actually got a Rhodes as as Booker Man. But anyway, um, they are, you know, you know, um, you know, your first match of the pay per view. And let's be fair, All Out is there was their first pay per view, wasn't it? The, All the in. AEW All did. in was their first one. No, All, All in, in. No, All in wasn't AEW. You're right. So All in was just All in, wasn't it? It was just yeah. Cody's before AEW. 
Because I, I thought their first pay-per-view was all out about a year ago. They've been in existence roughly about a year. So would this be their WrestleMania? This would be kind of their WrestleMania. And the hype around it was fucking immense. And partly the feud between MJF and Moxley. And before we go any further talking about Moxley, which I will talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, he fucking bores me. He fucking bores me. He he really hasn't got any charisma. Not really. I don't think that's my opinion. I I don't necessarily think that that's you know that's that's true. I he he had a lot of. I thought he showed a ton of charisma as Dean Ambrose. That's a name that's not uttered very loudly these days. But as as uh, Dean Ambrose in you know, he was very animated in the Shield. He was you know, and when he broke away from that and he started feuding with Seth and stuff like that. He was, he was really good. I really enjoyed his stuff. But he did, he did slow down once he won the title. He did sort of step up, take his foot off the, uh, off the pedal. And he got called out for it. And that was pretty much the beginning of the, the end of him in WWE. Yeah, in, 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 in AEW, he bores me. When I watch him in carries, AEW... He carries a big name and, you know, AEW will continue to... Same with Jericho, carries a big name. Jericho pushing, probably slowly stepping towards the end of his career. I mean, and orange mimosa matches and stuff. I, I like I say, the, we'll start the first match. You know, Big Swole versus um, Britt Baker. That my main issue with this whole pay per view was too many faces won. First of all, too many baby faces won. It was pretty much every single baby face won, and they they would they were. Not great matches. The first match, Big Swole, I don't like her personally. Um, I think Britt Baker would have been a better one, especially the fact that there was two of them. Um, she's got like her receptionist. Um, they should, you know, th- there's a lot of build up around these matches. Like Britt Baker had the face thing on because Big Swole smashed her nose up or whatever. And she was like, oh, you know, oh, I've just had my nose fixed and all this. Like she should have been way more healy. It's like they should have fucking strapped it. You know, dude, we're not the bookers of AEW, obviously. But if that was me, right, and there was two of them, I, I like obviously I would have done the how they did it with you know her hanging around and I like the they had the chatterbox teeth thing in the in the cupboard and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But the fact that there was two of them, they should have beat the shit out of Swole. They should have strapped her into a fucking chair and just literally just lathered the crap out of her. Um, I like the old um injection into the leg doodah you yeah, know good, good, quite good. a good gimmick but the first hit of the whole match of your whole pay-per-view was big swole taking like the 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 clipboard and hitting matey girl round the face with it but dude it was like she paintbrushed her it was like that was the first hit of the whole pay-per-view and it I, just i think there's, me, a, there's a lot to sort of chat about when it comes to women's wrestling in AEW. i mean Let's not step around it, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not jumping from one side to another or trying to be one team or not. But NXT last night with uh, Ripley and Martinez in a cage, absolutely smashed it. So, dude, like I say, I mean, w, WWE Women's Division absolutely kills it, dude. And stands um, still over AEW at the minute. Absolutely pisses all over them at the moment, you know. And even um, I, I watched, um, I saw a video on um, on Twitter the other day, like the best of Ill Connick. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Ab absolutely fantastic dude. Like, you know, uh, very, very good. Two great, 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 you know, talents. Um, you know, and even Sasha Banks and stuff, you know, she's got moves, you know, Bailey, you know, the whole... The whole women's division, you, you can't really test it at the moment. Um, you can't really compare the two. But um, I just think I, that... I would like to get your thoughts on, uh, in a horror spot on this show. And I think you know where I'm going. Uh, it's, it's Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. They obviously overshot the table by a country mile. And they let Matt continue. I mean, um, that that for me was inexperience, okay? The referee, first of all, well, Sammy, Sammy, first of all, as soon as something should have been said to somebody and basically Sammy should have stayed down. He should have just stayed down. They both come off the table. There was no need for him to get up, first of all. He should have just stayed where he was. Um, the referee just didn't play it. I mean, they, everybody knows the fucking, the, the, yeah, he's hurt kind of thing. They could have done a kind of no contest or whatever. Apparently, apparently he passed concussion protocols, but you can't, you can't do that in a couple of minutes. It takes way longer in any sport. And, you know, call it a sport. You don't have to call it a sport, blah, blah, blah. But it's still a, con it's still a head injury. There are protocols in any sport that you've yeah. got undertaken. It's, not just, you know, it's not a couple of minutes. And whoever's decision it was to let him go back out there was poor. And they could have they could have easily called it a no contest and said, you know what, if Matt Hardy's fit, we can do it again on Wednesday night or whenever on, on Dynamite. They, they, I mean, they could have weaved it into an angle. They could have even heated up the feud by saying, you know, you but fucking... Yeah. You know, you dragged you dragged me off of that thing. I smacked my head on the concrete, blah, blah, blah. Bring it into the story. Why not? I'm all for that. You know what I mean? But it was inexperience with the referee and with Sammy Guevara. I mean, I like Sammy. Um, I'm not too keen on the referee, but that's another story. Um, it was Aubrey, wasn't it? Uh, I, I can't remember. I think, I think it was, what's her name? Edwards. Oh, um, Edwards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but for me, it should have basically, she should have just said to Sammy, stay down or whatever. And then, you know, brought out the EMTs or whatnot. But it was like Sammy, the way they did it, it looked silly as well. It just looked silly. You had, you know, I mean, he was, he was dead on his feet, weren't he? Hard, hard, yes, it was. Um, uh, hard. It, few people have said he went straight into autopilot. And, and that's a sort of thing that happens in wrestling. Like they just go to, they just sort of switch on to their, you know, what's been burned into their brain in wrestling. And that's not a good thing, you know. I, and, uh, you know, think yeah. of the matches that Matt Hardy's been in, dude. Some fucking slobber knockers, dude. He doesn't need many more of those. No, he, I mean, he's been in the old, um, you know, the classic tables, ladders and chairs matches with Edge and Christian and the Hardy boys uh, and um, the Dudley boys, you know, those matches there, they stand, they stand out as, as some of the matches, tag team matches of, of all time. Yeah. Um, and they were fucking brutal as well. You know, some of the stuff, but this was 20 years ago, dude, you know, this is, this is coming up 20 years ago and, and Matt Hardy, I know he still wants to go out all guns blazing and he still wants to be working. But, I mean, isn't Jeff Hardy still in WWE? Uh, Intercontinental Champion, currently. Currently, really? I yeah. mean, fucking hell. Like, 
I, I still do think there is a time for certain, for wrestlers to retire, man. Like I just, I just think sometimes, you know, that it's that romanticism that people have with people like Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, um, you know, the, the, the Chris Jericho's. I mean, Jericho's if, doing if all right. Can, if they can still work, and they, why can't they collect a paycheck just like the rest of them? I mean, but, but sometimes they can't work. That's the point. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I still think they can work. They can still... But, but then you're kind of sullying the reputation of these guys that were doing so much. And then when they're not doing what they were doing, they're kind of... You know what I mean? Not that I'm saying that these guys shouldn't be earning a paycheck. I'm just saying... If you've built your career on crazy ass fucking tables, ladders, and chairs matches, you, that's not something you can be doing all the time. No. And sometimes you just got to call it a day. It's not like they really need the money. I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, f- for me, it's even crazy that Jeff Hardy is like. I don't know how much. How much was TNA paying them? You know. Probably not a lot, man, but enough for Jeff Hardy to be getting off his nut on pills and alcohol and going out there. Do you remember that match? What was it? Who was it against? Sting? Yeah. Where he came out and he was just in an... I mean, that was another lapse of judgment from people in charge, letting him out there to do that. He shouldn't have been let out. Well, they Um, had a plan and they they stuck to it, told Sting to roll him up and get it done. I I mean, yeah, I mean, there's another thing that I want to talk about AEW as well, with all these people getting on JR's back. Have you seen this? Yes about him saying, oh, was that a wardrobe malfunction or is that just wishful thinking? And, I mean, it's not a great joke, but, I mean, it's not enough to... It's not good, but... But it's not enough to hang a man by his fucking... You know, Jesus Christ. This Some of the stuff he sat next to the king while he was saying, I'm surprised he's not a lot worse than he is. Um, yeah, I mean... Cancel culture's not not big in our, in our circle. We're not fans of it. Um, not really. JR, I mean, it was made a joke. You know, it's nothing to do with whether you know you love Jr. You you know loved him, loved his work before. He made a joke. He later apologised for it, didn't he? Yeah. And then, from what I can tell, he deleted the apology. But we're in a world now where a, a, a news story any time in the next few years will say a snowflake was offended today, and that'll be it. That'll be your head. I mean, don't get us twisted. We we're not on. You know, we're we're not into allowing people just to say whatever the fuck they want. Believe you know, us, we're, we're not watching the G1 this year. Like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's leave that for now. But like, let's just say that we're not watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. Block block one A or block one is it? I think. Yeah, that's where he is. Um, <laughs> shall we? Shall we get to it? Yeah. Um. Just last thing about AEW before um, people get pissed off. We're not haters of AEW. Okay, we are not, we don't want to see its downfall. We just want to see it be better, basically. I think the booking was terrible. Um, it's too, I mean, even the tag team match and everything looks, seems too choreographed and everyone's too worried about, you know, how things are coming off and that. And I just think it, it looks too contrived. It's not, it, it doesn't look as organic as it should do. And I think that's just a lot of inexperience um, and not, not enough experience. And it's too spot heavy as well. Everything's too pre-planned. There's not a lot of free flowing stuff. A lot of the time you can see the 
people being set up for spots and it's not it just doesn't look organic enough for me that that's my last word on it you know i'll still keep watching it and and that but it's just it just looks too pre-planned not spontaneous enough it's just not good enough really i think uh, out of 10 it was a five if i'm being fucking generous i'll pay we'll, we'll see what they have to offer in the next few few weeks and months and hopefully it'll be something you know they'll, they'll knock something out of the park in in an angle or in a, in a match or in a show but MJF should be fucking champion. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I uh, did say we'd riot if he didn't win, but... Yeah. Uh, we are at the Bayfront Arena in St. Pete, Florida. That's right. <laughs> uh, Let's get into it. 7,200 fans. Not a massive arena, um, but this is a stronghold for World Championship Wrestling. I will say, and I always do, I won't dig into it because we don't know the buy rate just yet, but... 210,000 buys for Super Brawl 6, which is still double what a company pulls in that talks about how big and great they are with demos and whatnot. Um, sorry, I can't help it. I have, a, I have a problem with people that love to brag about things that aren't that big. Um, WCW also taped an episode of Main Event. I'm getting sick and tired of not seeing these shows on the network. I had to go and find it myself on YouTube. It was very quick. It was very pointless. But there was a two-minute squash where the Road Warriors, you know, who made three appearances in this one one night, beat, yeah. beat Later and Bunkhouse Buck. Hugh Morris beat Canyon. Big Bubba, who wasn't climbing a pole to get a weapon this time, teamed up with VK Wall Street to beat Joey Mags. Jumping Joey Mags, what a jobber. And uh, Craig Pittman, uh, Pitbull Pittman, sorry. And uh, Jim Duggan went to a double DQ with possibly the greatest WCW wrestler of all time, in my opinion, Loch Ness. A.K.A. the Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks. That guy, do you know what, yeah? I've seen Giant Haystacks in person right it when i was a kid i mean anyone who's listening to us in the in the usa or anywhere else giant haystacks was absolutely huge in the uk he was a uh, fucking star he was an absolute star you had giant haystacks and you had big daddy shirley crabtree right so you had those two they were like your big guys okay you you your baby face and your and your heel, oh, or your, your your blue eyes and your red eyes, as we say in the UK. Um, you know, so Loch Ness, aka Giant Haystacks. I've seen him in country shows when I was a kid, like you know, and 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 holiday camps and stuff. You know what I mean? Like this guy yeah. was a fucking star. Um, it, it's crazy to see him in 1996 in um, in WCW. Yeah. And he battles to double DQ with Jim Duggan, and uh, that ends main oh, event. Jim Duggan, yeah. And Whole family's punchy, <laughs> as Bobby would say. Um, <laughs> speaking of Bobby, he's part of the three-man commentary booth for this one. It's Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and the American Dream. The American Dream. You could smell the danger in the area. Um, <laughs> this show is. I mean, we talk about gimmick matches and stuff. There's two cage matches on this show. One after, good. Sorry, mate. I was one after another, but they're the wrong way round again. They they're are. Hogan one should one should have been the main event, and one very clearly should not have been. Yeah. It, your main event 
you know, we're not spoiling it. It is the giant and uh, Hulk Hogan. Well, it's on. It's on the. It's on, on the as you can see there, in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, that would be the main event or the end of the show, and it just it had no business being the end because the match beforehand for the world title was a lot better. It was ten million times better. It feels like we've reviewed this first match a billion times already. Fucking a, dude! I was I've got the same thing written. It's like we we've we've reviewed this. I, I literally have nothing written down for this either because it's one of them dog shit matches as so well. Like the street fight, so you know, gimmick match to start. It's a it's a street fight, and it's the public enemy who you know are known for their you know trashy sort of gimmicky hardcore matches and the nasty boys again. We've done we've been through this I'm sure three times. At least, man, you had it at um, Beach Blast, uh, Bash at the Beach. Sorry, um, yeah. we had it Clash at the Champions. Was it World War Three? I can't. World remember. there was a freeway dance as well. well with... If you um, if you, you know, you're going back into our uh, our video archive on YouTube or even to our, you know, our podcasts on Podbean or anywhere like that, you know, you'll see that we spoke about this this match in particular a lot and. Yeah. It's a street fight. It's straight to the weapons. Uh, Brian, plunder. Right, yeah, we're getting straight to the plunder, baby. Uh, uh, Brian Knowles puts uh, Rocky Rocks to a table. Uh, Jerry Sags, yeah, goes for the plunder. And I've got this written down because I've just put, oh, shit, it's the double screen. Oh, you love the double screen, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, know you love the double screen. Why do they insist on the double screen? Production is poor in this show in general. Again, yeah, it's not I the first one. I find it hard to believe that a show of people with that much money and that much, you know, you know, manpower and brains behind it and that would put on such bad productions. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it fucking boggles the mind, man. If you're going to have a match where they're going to be all everywhere, you know, and even, you know, as it said in the commentary, oh, the nasty boys, they're not even wearing wrestling boots. They're wearing sneakers. They're wearing training <laughs> shoes. They're getting ready to run around the arena. Um, if you've got them running around the arena, fucking at least have the capabilities to kick, catch it all, you know? Uh, this match is unbelievably repetitive now. Um, Rocco Rock goes through three tables on this, on this this in this one match before Brian Nobbs pins him. This isn't good. It's, you know, it it is plunder. It is, you know, it's... I think you might hear a smattering of ECW chants at one point, like really small. But they go through the merch table, didn't they? Yeah, they go through the merch table. You know, it's you know the Nasty Boys and Harlem Heat put on much better brawls, and this just yeah, this doesn't work for me. Um, it's a, I would say it was a poor opener. It's a very bad opener. Um, this and, is where but- they get cruiserweights though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's for me. I just see the nasty boys stiffing the fuck out of Public Enemy. Um, there's that, a stiffer shot later on. There's a much stiffer shot later on. Yeah, there's a few yeah. stiff shots later on. But yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you say, we've reviewed a match like this uh, for at least three times: the Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy. And uh, excuse me, I'm yawning yeah, exactly. just talking about it. You know, it's yeah. one of them ones. Where it's like it's literally just a meh. We need to um, we need to move on quickly before Chris falls asleep. Yeah, mate. Honestly, oh, let me have a little bit more. Um, yeah, let me have a little bit more peach iced tea just oh, to perk God. myself up. You know what I mean? Get the matchsticks out. Peach is the best iced tea. Ice, iced tea. Don't come out at me for that. You know, just 
Leave Us Alone is the greatest iced tea game. Peach, peach iced tea is really good, but there's a really nice Japanese one, uh, which is lemon and honey, and it's absolutely beautiful import from Japan. It's beautiful. But yeah, peach Where, where can I get one of these? Import. I'll get I'll get you one next time I go to the Japanese shop I'll get you one I'll, I'm a regular visitor to the old Japanese food emporium so uh, I'll grab you one dude it's lovely very cool uh, Mean Gene plugs he plugs the hotline he loves that hotline and there's a rumor there's a rumor that two former WWF and he uses the term champions not as in heavyweight champions or world champions just champions could yep. be on their way to WCW and we know who they are. And also, he drops another little hint later on. He does indeed. In an interview. I caught it. Did you clock it? Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, he drops another one, the little crafty little bastard. Uh, he, he does interview Conan, the US champion, and the Mexican heavyweight champion. Um, and what, what an outfit this is. Oh, dude, it's Max Moon. He, he, I swear he's come as Max Moon. Wearing a gold, a real flashy gold outfit. That, Lovely. And he... Um, he does a fair bit of the interview in Spanish as well, which yeah, um, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, so it's, I didn't have time for it. No, I mean, uh, I only know rude words and phrases in Spanish because um, my friend Alvaro, really, that's yeah. um, the only way I could do it. But um, yeah, Gene talks about, have you battled a man of the, the girth of um yeah of the one man gan and he said yeah you know i'm used to that and blah 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 and he reels off here goes spanish spiel which is great um but they say he's the mexican champion as well they said he was a mexican heavyweight champion i don't think that really holds a lot of stock was that like triple a i'm not even sure if it was triple a or is he like triple a champion or cmll or whatever it is yeah possibly um before we know, it could be you know a made-up title that you won in Rio de Janeiro. It could it could have been one. Just it could have been maybe he won it off Limo Rickshaw, if I remember. <laughs> Fought him. Limo uh, Rickshaw, world's greatest athlete. World's greatest athlete. <laughs> it is a it's a TV title match next. It's Johnny B. Bad. It's another match we've seen before, but it's Johnny B. Bad with the Diamond Doll or Kimberly against DDP again. But this time it is for the six million dollars that DDP had stolen off the Diamond Doll. Um, first thing I noticed was there's a lot of tassels. Dude, the tassel, the tassel. I've got here tassel factor tassel is through the roof on this one. Um, but there you've got be more tassels on someone else later. But yes, there is. There, there definitely is. There, but I mean, you've got fucking. Diamond Doll doing like backflips and flips going into the ring, and then she's like doing this like hype, hype dancing. But oh, it yeah. just doesn't, it don't match the music. You've got Johnny B. Bad with like some country and western thing, and she's like running in doing flips like she's off fucking flash dance. So like, it don't, it don't match, love. Maybe this was her audition for the Nitro Girls. Wind your neck in. Yeah, I mean, she she was she was one of them, wasn't she? Yeah, she led the Nitro Girls. But the thing is, a few people that got famous were in the Nitro Girls. Um, there there was a few of them that that ended up in WWE. Uh, yeah, Booker T. Uh, Charmel was in. Charmel. Um, Shawn Michaels married one. Shawn Ma- Michaels married one, and then there was another one, quite a famous one. In uh, she was with the. Uh, she ended up going out with George Clooney. Oh, yeah, that one. Um, the one that danced on the table for Vince on a SmackDown once. Yeah, dude, no, I can't was, remember. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I mean, she's really <laughs> famous, though. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> um, nice bit of chain wrestling in this. I thought to start with. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, this is after you've got Johnny B. Bad coming in, the Diamond Doll doing her flips and flips, doing the splits, and then Johnny B. Bad's throwing out frisbees um, to the crowd. Did you clock that? It was, an, it was an odd gimmick. Like, let's be honest, it was weird. A, um, we, I mean, we talked about the start of his gimmick a couple of weeks ago. What, where he was so pretty, he should have been born a girl. Yeah, now he's. I mean, the evolution of the gimmick is it's a lot better than it was, but yeah. still him prancing around like he's little Richard. I mean, it's in the song, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the song. It says it says it it does exactly what it says on the tin. He looks just like little Richard. But it's amazing how a man can go from the heights of Johnny B. Bad. Um, to like the shitty boxer gimmick that was fucking powerbombed by Sable. You know, for, talk about lowest of the low. Um, I hate Sable. She really annoys me. And it's it's upsetting that when I think of Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Miro, I always think of Sable, like powerbombing his career, basically. Um, terrible. His name's Chris. Remember Chris, not, not Jordan. It's Chris. <laughs> apparently reportedly um mark miro was supposed to do a thing with stone cold steve austin but as soon as he got power bombed by sable stone cold said no i don't want to work with him no more absolutely not his credibility's on its ass um, um yeah ddp is begging kim kimberly uh diamond doll blah 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 you know it's kimberly for in this for for us uh to join in his antics he Jesus wept, man. He milks a DDT like nobody's business. He just, and he, he almost gets pinned off it, but he's he just mucking about. Like, there's a lot of stalling in this. I mean, there's more stalling in, our, you know, one of the cage matches, but he takes like this healing up, st like stalling to a next level. He's just, and I'm thinking, stop pissing around. Just fucking get on with it. <laughs> Because I, I, the thing is as well though, I really wanted to see DDP win this just because, you know, I, I, I don't re I didn't really like Johnny B. Bad's character and like the Diamond Doll annoyed me. But it was the 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 six point six million pound dollar check, right? Yes. You've got the brain saying, now that he ain't got any of the money left, um, he's been giving it to charity and that, like he paid for the owl sanctuary. And uh, it's like it's like the brain just killing it. He's like, yeah, he, the brain the, is very good. The red-breasted puffin or something. Like he talks about, like no, he gave he gave it to an owl sanctuary. Like it, it's just it's brilliant. Um, you know, but there's a thing that happened literally within five seconds of this match starting as well. Uh, well, not five seconds, about thirty seconds. Um, DDP gets snap mared out over the top rope by Johnny B. Bad. And in theory, that should have just been a disqualification straight away. I, 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 we find this hard every, every time we review a WCW show, but they, they, if they don't want to keep up with the rules, why should we? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I just, I mean, it, it's because Bobby the Brain pointed out. He said, well, he, did, yeah. he snapped made him out. It should, that should be a disqualification. It's like, oh, they didn't know he was going to go out of the ring. And even Bobby goes, well, he's on the edge of the ring in front of the ropes and he snapped mares him out. Where's he going to go? Of course he's going to go out. Like, that just annoyed me as well. Um, uh, the sunset yeah. flip from the top rope was excellent. I What's really, that? The sunset flip from the top rope. Yeah, it looked really good. Really yeah, it looked good. really good. Um, um 
there was a lot of stalling. Like you say, even DDP's like inviting a, a fan into the ring. He's like sitting on the rope, pulling it up, like going, yeah, come in, come in. Like loads of stalling, dude. And yeah. They, they put about as much, yeah, like effort as I did into my note taking because I've got here that Johnny wins it with a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I've got a load of Bobby the Brain quotes on here where he's like, you know, they're talking about the money, and he's like, he's gonna, he's gonna give the money to her. He's gonna go in there and break his back with a match against DDP. What? And he's gonna give the money to her. It's like she's gonna do a runner, mate. It's like, well, um, yeah, that's, you know, uh, that's just it because at the end of the match, Bobby is planning to take Kimberly out for dinner. So it, it's so funny, and he goes, yeah, if she, if she's gonna leave and both, I'll give her a ride. And then they go, yeah, but you'll need a car, but you need to borrow a car, Bobby goes, mate, 6.6 .6 million, I'll be able to get a car, don't worry. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Bob, Bobby was probably the highlight of that one. Um, he, he's got a few one-liners in, in this whole show that I've, I've got written down that are some of them just fantastic. Bobby's the king, mate. Rest in peace, Bobby the Brain Heenan. He's the fucking, he's the king. Um, yeah, so Kimberly gets a check, a giant check, you know. It's the, uh, it's like it reminds me of the joke from Semi Pro with Will Ferrell, where he says, oh, Congratulations, you've just won this giant check. Like, no no mention of money. Like, it's just this giant novelty check. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's like Happy Gilmore as well, where he's just got, he's like, No, no, give me the check, the big one. He's just got a car yeah. full of big checks. Like, <laughs> Um, there was a great line as well from the brain in this. He goes, "No, when they're talking about who actually bought the bingo ticket, and he's like, no, she ain't got a bingo, she ain't got a bingo card to stand on, you know, in court. She ain't got a bingo card to stand on." Uh, mean jeans with Harlem Heat, and they're, they're after Lex Luger, and you know, there's again, some of these interviews were bad as well. I don't know what I mean. I don't think Mean Jean was off. I just think the people who was interviewing him just weren't into it. I don't know, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, but um, yeah, you know, it, it, there's a part in this as well where he says, "Oh, apparently some some of the plumbing's gone, and when someone opens a door, flushes a chain, we get a whiff of it down here or something." I don't yeah. know what he was saying there. If that was actually genuinely a thing that was putting people off when they were doing their interviews, or right. if he just thought the whole place was stinking up from these terrible interviews and the matches. But um, yeah, they talk about because. In the week, in in uh, was it Clash of Champions or maybe the Nitro before? Nitro, yeah. Um, something happened where basically Luger, well, Harlem Heat slight, were the champions. Luger's playing slight heel, isn't he? And he, yeah, he's healing it up, and basically they won the title through healing methods. And Harlem Heat says, "Luger, you should be done for grand larceny," and uh, calls them sissified suckers. Yes, um, there's, a, there's a couple of suckers in there. There's a load of suckers in this. It's great. The sissified suckers uh, got me. Um, and then when they're talking about... And the thing is, when they refer to Hawk and Animal, they're not really allowed to call him Legion of Doom. They're uh, not they really... Do get, they do get called that by Bobby, I think. Yeah, a Bobby. I think a few people call him Legion of Doom. Even Dusty at one point calls him L.O.D. And... Um, but the, in this, they say, yeah, Legion of Doom, Road Warriors. This well, ain't 1976. Are they the uh, Road Warriors or are they LOD? I mean, when I was growing up, they were Legion of Doom. Yeah. But they were the Road Warriors. And they, they, always, they always really will be the Road Warriors because that's how they, that's how they cut their teeth in the business. Yeah. That was the gimmick. Um. I mean, and they never really, I think we spoke, yeah, we've spoke about it before. They never really 
were able to duplicate what they did in Memphis and all those other places, really, because it wasn't that it wasn't that era anymore. But I mean, I mean, either way, I like Legion of Doom or Road Warriors. I'm not one of these hard nosed fuckers that say no, 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 no. You have to call them Road Warriors. It's like, well, no. Like when I was growing up, they were fucking LOD, man. Is you know, it it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, and the LOD or Road Warriors are the ones that take on the winners of Harlem Heat and Sting and Lex Luger in our tag team cha- first cha- tag team championship match of the night. I mean, it, this. I mean, when you really look at this whole thing, like this whole show, it's like people are working twice. You know, there's two cage matches, there's gimmick matches all over the place. It's pretty fucking terrible. It's not. It's not a great pay per view, mate. To be fun. honest. Um, it, it's one of these ones that I've, I've watched again recently uh, before we even did this because I was working my way through uh, when Nitro started, uh, working my way through all the Nitros and then, work, and then playing the pay-per-views and watching the pay-per-views as we go. And I ended up watching this. And I just, even when I watched it at the time, I thought the only, for me... There, there's literally a couple of good matches on here and that's it really like you say the whole thread of the pay-per-view really was a bit shit um but there was some important things that happened in this pay-per-view and like we said previously the the one of the dual main events which should have been the main event was the title match was was probably it had to be the best match on the card yeah and it was a shame it wasn't the, the last match. I mean, this isn't something that, you know, I've brought up really, but <clears throat> Dusty's analysis, when he starts talking, you just can't help but, like, you really take it in, you really listen to it. And he's spot on, like, as this match is getting started, this tag team title match, he is absolutely excellent. The way he's breaking it down. And I'm, I was, like, just sort of completely locked into what he was saying. And I don't think he gets enough or any credit for being a decent commentator. Yeah, I mean, and he he doesn't get enough credit for being funny either. Yeah. Because he he was very funny. He's got a line that comes up in this way. So he he, he he's, instead of modus operandi, he calls it modo modo referendus or something yeah. referendum. <laughs> and it's just like what? And Bobby goes oh, what? Bobby, like, yeah, Bobby latches. Yeah. He goes, you've got to check your Southern Dictionary for that one, your, like your Oklahoma Dictionary for that one or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't get enough credit. I, I love the dream on commentary, but I do think he needs someone like Bobby Heenan uh, yeah, there. I, I think this three are very, this trio are very good, I think, together. Yeah. The chemistry's there. Uh, this, crowd is, uh, this crowd is pretty mild. Um, to this match for some reason, maybe they don't like Harlem Heat. We do, we do get a very, we do get a very early version of a Spinneroony, which yeah, I, I mean, was fun. That's um, it, that's uh, after um, the high spot in the match. It's a, you, you see a kid in the crowd with Sting makeup, and Bobby goes, "Huh, what an ugly looking kid!" <laughs> it fucking cracks me up. Um. <laughs> And then you you got the dream talking about Luger having a disgruntled look, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's just brilliant. You know, like you say, the way he's breaking it down and and talking about it, you know, it it does it does go in. Um, 
Um, Lucas selling is pretty bad here. I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Luger. He, he, he rejuvenated his career when he turned up on Nitro. Just by switching, yeah. very good. Just by switching. But then I think it revealed itself where really, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, he just, he just doesn't, it just doesn't grab me. He was never the greatest worker, but in a real shocker, he is one of our um, one of our nominees for the ICO Pro Award this week. I uh, mean, he wins it most weeks, hands down. Yeah, there are there, no is one, the there is one other person who looks pretty uh, pretty beefed out, and he'll he'll actually turn up any minute now. <laughs> Luger Selling's bad. It's, they're working at a snail's pace, which really bugs me that they 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 should be working this slow. There's a sloppy clothesline in there. Bobby Heenan gets in a cracking line about uh, about two guys wearing spikes and with lousy haircuts. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, spikes and lousy haircuts are going to turn up. Um, I, I was really disappointed that, that they took the the belts off of Harlem Heat, to be fair, pretty much just to give them to whoever they were going to give them to because it Harlem Heat have been doing their thing and... Uh, you saw in this match that they were just—they're a better tag team. Oh, they're—they're—they're re- they're, they're a really smooth tag, yeah, polished tag team. But the fact that Hogan and Macho Man had come into WCW and they'd been, kind of been doing the title match thing means that then Luger and Sting are kind of floating about. Yeah, they pushed down the card. Yeah, they exactly. pushed down the card, and then they're like, "Oh, I'll tell you what, let's just fucking put them together and give them the tag championships." And it's like, it's "Yeah, but what about all them other tag teams that could have them?" You know. Well, let's. You know, they it's universally sort of known that they are good friends. They did own a gym together and stuff like that, and. You know, they did work at work as a tag team at another Super Bowl of ours that we watched. Um, they, but they worked they worked their asses off in that one. I mean, that was against the Steiner brothers, yeah. weren't it? That's that's but that was that was how many years before this dude? Five years before this. Five years, yeah. So I mean five years is it's not oh massively long time. You're not gonna lose all your skills in five years. No, but in wrestling years it's quite Yeah. Um like dog, dog years. Something that bugged me is they put a rest hold on in this match, which was already really slow. I thought it took the piss. Yeah, I, yeah, really... I, I really enjoyed Harlem Heat the way they were working in this match. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really good. Stevie Ray and um, Booker T. I, I actually watched, um, go off track a little bit, but um, I, I've been watching a lot of ring roasts. Have you seen many of them? I've seen, I've seen, I think I've seen Jim Cornette's, but I haven't seen many more. Yeah, I've watched, I, as, as I, again, I was working and I had the ring roasts on. And uh, I watched Jim Cornette's again, which was really, really funny. I watched um, Terry Funk's uh, and I also watched Booker T's ring roast. He's got a ring roast, but it was, it was a little bit shit Booker T's one because you had a lot of the people doing it via video or whatever. Um, the Undertaker done a bit, RVD done a bit. Uh, I think it had, oh, it had um, Bruce Bruce, you know, the, the black comedian, the really massive dude, Bruce yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. A little bit of a, you know, just to veer off a little bit, just for a little bit of pointless chit-chat. But um, if you get to watch the Ring Roast of Booker T, watch it. It's on YouTube. Um, but also do watch the other Ring Roasts as well, because you get to see New Jack just being completely off his nut, completely off his nut, um, and literally, like, talking at Terry Funk's Ring Roast and just bringing everything back to New Jack, to himself. It's just... He's completely off his tits. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Booker T anyway. And yeah. Booker T's and ring roast was really funny. Animal hits Stevie Ray with something. I couldn't tell what it was. It's a plate. I think they say it's like a, a, a metal plate or something. Oh, not a like a hubcap or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Luger, Luger gets the pin. It's, it's a terrible match. It's really bad. Like it doesn't get started and it just, it just plods until, until the end. And it sort of gets gets the gets the treatment it deserves from us because we've barely spoke about it. we've spoke about ring roasts instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mean Dean catches up with Luger and Sting straight away. Uh, so one of them says uh, they're the tag team of the nineties. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, well, even that's that sounds corny as corny as hell. Like, and not even not, yeah. not Jim Cornette, but I mean, yeah, just corny as fuck. Um, they Sting is saying that they're together and they're you know I'm with you brother and yeah, all this I doubted you yeah I'm all in brother um, I could I was sort of expecting Harlem Heat to either attack them or try and get some revenge and it never happened so I thought I really thought they were going to come out and or come like, because they only got interviewed in the aisle way I thought it was going to carry on a bit of a fight but it never, never materialised US title match. This they've been robbed. They've been robbed twice. Yeah. In 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 a matter of weeks. Um. So yeah, they should have. The Road Warriors had, you know, they were after Luger, so they were going to make sure that Sting and Luger won the match and moved on to the match with the Road Warriors later on in the show. This US title match is um, this is rough, and it's all Conan's fault. And I can't, I can't stress that enough. Um, at the bell, it's one man gang in a rematch with Conan. One man gang was the US champion. He lost it to Conan. He looks, I mean, he looks a bit, a lot older here. The gang does. What, Akeem, yeah? Well, I was going to ask you that. One man gang or Akeem, which one do you prefer? I mean, for comedy reasons, Akeem, the African dream. Of course. I mean, it's not politically correct, but... Um, you know, he, you know, swimming when he walked, he had slick, you know. Um, but I mean, one man gang. Yeah, I mean, he was, he, he, he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about Akeem is his um, Hasbro figure. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, Conan turned his back on one man gang at the bell. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, there was some bot. This is botchamania, bro. Oh man, if 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 he hasn't already done it, someone better someone better give him the link because I mean, there's that hideous spin kick which production almost missed and they should have missed it anyway. Um, this is one hell of a clumsy match, but Conan's the clumsy one. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of matches with loads of... Bo there's one match later on. I'm looking through my notes as we speak. And there's another match with fucking loads of botches. Yeah, oh, it's the, it's the other tag team match. Uh, Botcher mania, bruv. Um, 
it's it's another plodding match. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't pick Terrible. up pace. It's, I mean, it's not going to pick up pace because one man gang looks like he can't really move that well. And he's not bumping a lot. That's something you sort of notice. He's not taking any bumps in this. Conan's comeback, he... Uh, <laughs> Conan just fell back and took a back bump. Yeah, oh, it's, oh. It's, it, yeah it, I've just got Conan just back bumped. Um, and it's like the commentary team said it as, oh, he, he stepped out the way of that one. And it's like, no, literally, he was just standing there and just took a back bump. No one touched him, nothing. It was so bad. Um, one man game so finisher and then pulls Conan up on two. It, was, it would turn out to be a mistake because Conan hit some sort of flying cannonball for the win. Terrible, so but then he gets... Yeah, but like one man gang gets pinned one, two, three, and then just literally just stands up and just goes, uh, you know, just yeah. I don't know fucking, how many matches he has in WCW to be fair. Terrible, man. Fucking um, awful. I've got two lines about that. Conan just bumped, lol, and poor finish, terrible, really. Yeah. That's it. That's all I've got. And Conan dressed like Max Moon. <laughs> mean Gene plugs the hotline again. Uh, this when he says it smells like the toilet because every time someone flushes the loo, we get a smell down here. Oh, this is this is the one where this is he's, he's with the he's with the Road Warriors. It's Animal apologizes to Harlem Heat, but this is the most eighties of interviews in all yeah. of the eighties, and we're in I've, I've, uh, we're in nineteen ninety six. I've got this. Yeah, it's it's basically I, classic. I, had, shouting. I, added, I added a line because. Hawk starts shouting and they're going to deviate septums. They're going to detach retinas. And I thought the only thing missing said they were going to violate rectums. They're going to write. That's the only thing that was missing from that. <laughs> deviate septums. Uh, and what did you say? Violate rectums. That rhymes. Detach retinas. Lovely. <laughs> they were going to detach retinas. Yeah. The only, yeah, I thought that, would be, that was the only thing missing was the violate rectums. It was such a, such a, old school shouty interview well i mean you, anything, you know anything missing was probably the marching powder well i mean i think that had been i, I mean that's why he talks about deviated septums yeah. because hawk is it is well known that hawk would be on the marching powder like loads pump. man there was um one half of the orient express um that's done a shoot interview and spoke about basically him partying with hawk and you know, him lit them literally buying so much cocaine and just being up till like four in the morning and then having to go and get more cocaine and then them saying, Oh, we've missed our flight and Hawk's like, Ah, fuck it, man, let's just go and get more blow. And then they end up getting fined, but they don't give a fuck because it's like getting fined for them was cheaper than what it so they missed a gig or something, but them being fined was cheaper than them having to re-get another flight or something so they're like oh fuck it man just get more blow like you know it was literally like no wonder hawk is talking about deviated septums because yeah. this was the cocaine era dude this was like i think we're yeah we're a little bit further we're a little bit you know past the uh past the like the cocaine era of like the 80s but it's the party's still going in the 90s for sure oh fuck yeah man they're still partying I'm not sure how stringent WCW were with their drug testing in 96. You know, the WWF had put their own policy in from about 92 to, and it carried on throughout like Vince's steroid trial and stuff. So that, you know, the party almost stopped in the WWF for a little while. 
it didn't well, really it depends because they would yeah they were just taking different drugs you know, <laughs> it, yeah but it depends who you are bro as well because it's always been a thing right i'm gonna go in a little bit on wwe because you you can always see who the chosen guy who basically gets someone else to piss in the pot because you've always got don't tell me okay don't tell me that fucking Bobby Lashley ain't on the juice, bruv. Get the fuck out of here. So you got like certain guys that are kind of, and John Cena was clearly I, on the juice. I think you're, I really think you're doing a disservice to, you know, what Ico Pro can really do for you. No, I, <laughs> I, I get you. I do get you. That Ico Pro is good shit. But like, you know, don't t- like you can't tell me that because uh, John Cena, when when Chris Benoit died, okay, you've got the Larry King show, right, and you've got uh, who who was on there? There was it was like a double. Ho- so you had, I think Mark Mero was on there, Chris Jericho was on there, John I remember Cena. Jericho, I remember Jericho being on there, yeah. Jericho. So in the studio, you had John Cena, Jericho maybe Stone Cold or someone else as well in the studio, right? And John Cena, they're talking about drug tests. And um, Jericho says something like, yeah, you know, um, we've all been tested and all that. And then John Cena says, and he says, oh, hey, John, how many times? He's like, yeah, um, I've been tested six times in six years or whatever. I'm like, fuck off, John Cena. Have you been fucking piss tested? Get the fuck out of here, man. Just because you've got that stupid dad haircut now, don't be chatting shit. There was times when John Cena was so ripped, dude. Like, you... Come on, man. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to people. Like, there's certain guys that are allowed to, to, to not be tested or to have, like, you know, one of the guys who work in the truck piss in the pot. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, Vince has the guys that are on top. Like I say, and like I say Bobby Lashley's another one for me. The geezer's a monster. Wherever I've seen him, whether it be TNA, whether it be WWE, Bobby Lashley is just constantly halfway through a cycle like i don't give a <laughs> shit like he, he is dude he's always halfway through a cycle he, at, this there's, point, there's, at this point i'd like to mention to my good close personal friend bobby lashley his name is chris, not chris, <laughs> chris. just yeah like it's not me it's chris well like i say i'm i'm, I'm batista as well let's go in on all of them like yeah, you, batista, yeah, batista out of this no i like batista don't get me wrong man he's half greek or whatever as well he's my regin you know what i mean but he, and he's another one that at one time or another he was absolutely huge and you can't tell me that he weren't on the juice like wwe and wrestling in general needs those type of characters dave Dave, it's your good friend Jordan again. Um, his name is Chris. I can't stress this enough. All these guys that have been, you know, had their good names sullied by Chris. No, no it's, it's, but even The Rock, let's go in. I'm wearing the guy's T-shirt. Don't, I'm, I'm paying you, Rocky. Like, but there were some times as well that The Rock was on the juice. But, but they, they, they're the top guys. You know what I mean? They're the money makers. Can, can I just add in? It's allegedly... On the gym. Sorry, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. we are not gonna get sued, Chris. Jesus, no. man. All right, <laughs> we ain't got nothing for them to fucking take us to court over. We literally, you can just have the shirt back off my hey, back. Don't nick my grape soda. Leave me. That's fine, man. But like I say, when it comes to drug testing, 
it's very political as well. Because especially in WWE, you know, there's guys that are going to be able to get away with it. And there's guys that just will be like the um, the scapegoats, you know. And RVD, I think, was one of them scapegoats that got in trouble for smoking weed, you know. Um, when you've got guys that were taking so much fucking human growth hormone and, and testosterone and shit, you know, it's... Um, and we're just getting away with it because they were the guys. They were the chosen ones. Um, you know, so drug testing in WWE is a bit of a misnomer. It's, it's, it's very political. I mean, Bulldog and Warrior got done for it. No, what happened with them was the reason why they got, they got, they got, they got done... got shopping in a different... Yeah, I know. But and they were importing it and shit, dude. And there was, there was a whole... They would have failed a test anyway, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, but I mean, they could have got fucking, you know, Matilda or whoever the dog was to piss in the thing. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure there was, there's, there was condoms of urine that were being bought and sold off guys in the truck. It was like, oh, dude, I've got a piss test tomorrow. Okay, fine. There you go. I'll piss in the Johnny. Right, and at pissing the Johnny, we will move on. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You know how it is, man. You know, this is chat grapple and cheap pops, mate. That was a cheap pop. Pissing um, the Johnny. Yeah, we will move on to the, the respect strap match, which has so much to talk about. It is nobody's favourite wrestler, Kevin Sullivan, with Jimmy Hart against... Well, against the guy we mainly did this week and next week's shows for, it's Brian Pillman. Um, and these two had been in some sort of feud. You know, Brian Pillman, you know, he's becoming a loose cannon. He is, he made Bobby Heenan swear on live TV. He was spitting at cameras. I think Arn Anderson gave him a slap one time. Like, he was meant to be part of the Four Horsemen, comes out to Four Horsemen music. And this this match is it's wild just for just for its its notoriety. It's I mean it's, Yeah. Pillman did not like Kevin Sullivan. It it blurs this match blurs the line yeah. of what has been booked, what people think is gonna happen what actually happens and then what happens oh you got yeah um and what actually happens and what happens preceding the match because yeah. i'm pretty sure what happens after the match wasn't supposed to happen either um i like i say that we'll, we'll get to it in in short thing but i think is it not um is it not uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s birthday today bro it is it is his birthday we did did, did give him a shout out uh on Twitter, it is uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s 27th birthday. Jesus, man, that makes me feel old. But And I put, I put in the tweet as well, he is single-handedly keeping mullets alive in pro wrestling. You know, Fucking God, God bless that man. Yeah, man, God bless that man. Shout out to, to Pillman Jr., man. Yeah. Shout out, my friend. Um, Happy birthday. And this, I mean, Brian gets hold of the strap as they as well he's he's holding the strap and you can tell something's not quite right because kevin sullivan just shoots him for a double leg takedown straight away yeah. straight away it's like when you on this one right i've got here it basically you can you can see 
Sullivan on his face as soon as he's in the ring. So there must have been words that was had out the back because Brian Pillman's got the strap, but the strap is still wrapped around and still tied up like they've just bought it from the shop or wherever because it, it's, it, it wasn't ready. It wasn't open. He, and Pillman's got hold of it. So he's probably out the back saying to him, I mean, this is just speculation, but he's probably saying to him, no, no, I'm going to hold the strap and I'll come running in with it. I'll come running in with it or whatever. And it's not, it, like I say, it's still wrapped up brand new. And when they get it into the ring afterwards, after this match is over, they have to actually cut the tape off it to actually op open it up. Um, and you can see that Kevin Sullivan's got a look on his face when he's in the ring. He's like, I don't think he knows what's going to happen. And it's, I think it's a he's... a frantic start because he shoots the double leg. And as he does that, Brian just starts whipping the shit out of him. Oh, it's stiff as fuck, man. Yeah. It is legitimate um, shots. And it's, yeah, he's whipping him. Kevin Sullivan's still trying to shoot for, shoot for a leg or something. It's not really working. They finally do get into a corner when Kevin just potatoes Brian right across the face. Spuds him right on the chin, bro. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is actually shades of Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit. A little bit. Yeah. We've sit, we've we've covered that match in, in in one of our previous episodes, and it was like there were some fucking stiff shots being thrown in that one. There were some stiff kicks. Um, and this was very weird because Brian's just—he's just laying into Sullivan, and Sullivan's literally trying everything he can, like not to, not to let him kick him and that. You know what I mean? Like he's literally worried for you know Sullivan's shooting on him. He's and Pillman Pillman makes a dash for the referee who clearly isn't really aware what's happening, and. He grabs the mic off of the referee because this is this match was meant to end with someone saying, I respect you. And uh, Brian grabs the mic and in a in a really sarcastic way, I respect you, Booker Man. And he leaves the ring to a few boos. He uh, he flips off a few fans, you know, yep. with, uh, with the middle mm -hmm. finger. He uh yeah, but and the bit the the bit Booker Man is edited off WCW tapes and like all their stuff. It does make it onto the network, which is quite handy for us. And yeah, we, I mean, we can get to Brian, we can get to what happens to Brian after this. Um, we can just finish this segment. Um, Arn Anderson comes out in very casual wear because no one seems, it seems again a little bit hectic. No one seems to know what's going on. No one knows. It looks like uh, Kevin Sullivan's offering Arn out. Arn takes off his dress shirt. It's a looks like a Ralph Lauren shirt. Looks pretty nice. Um, and I, this is where and it's, we have another match. Um, Arn and I don't know if Arn was ready for it. If he was meant to be doing it, he's gone out there. Basically, he's of what I think has happened is, I mean, was Flair obviously involved in the booking as well of WCW at this point? I'm not sure who was in charge of the booking. I just know that I've got Eric Bischoff as the exec producer, as always. But Because what the, there would have been X amount well, of time well, set. Well, as... Sullivan's on the booking committee, clearly. Yeah, so, it, you know, so this match would have been set for X amount of time, right? And they would have literally had to... I mean, I don't know if that was the... I mean, who can we... who? 
who can we ask about what was actually supposed to happen on this night? Is there anywhere on the internet that we can go as smart well, marks? Yeah? <laughs> Um, is there anywhere we can go on the internet to kind of find out right what was actually supposed to happen? Because the finish of how they finished it, you know, I think maybe Arn Anderson was supposed to come out maybe during the 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 uh, flying Brian and Kevin match while they're whipping the shit out of each other or whatever and having the match. Then maybe Arn Anderson was supposed to come out and split him up and say, "Look, come on, fucking." We've got we've got Hogan and that tonight, um, but it seems to me like the match was over between. I mean, by the time Brian grabbed the microphone, it was like forty five seconds, bro. Yeah. It was, it was about a minute, if that. And it was intense. It was it was crazy. It was. Um, so Arn steps in, and we have another. We have an impromptu match. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm shooting my shot here on this one on Kevin Sullivan. Um, he's in knocked off Hogan pants and at possibly five foot five he's a little bit tubby I mean don't get me wrong I'm a you know I'm a chubby guy anyway it doesn't you know doesn't affect my life in any way you know I can say what's what um but he's a little bit on the on the tubby side and he's wearing Hogan's knocked off pants and he's five foot five it's comical he's he's balding it's it's it's, it's a terrible look and I just, he, the, only reason, I mean, he the should, only reason he's on the show is because he's the booker. Yeah, but in, but he should have just stayed. I mean, even even the Dungeon of Doom at this point was a oh, fucking right. joke. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean the, the people, a lot of the people that you had in Dungeon of Doom, it was like the fucking, it was like the miss, it was like the fucking raggy dolls. You get what I'm saying? Like you, you had like fucking Shark, you know, um, the only good people, I mean, you had, Haku and the Barbarian, yeah, great. Yeah, you know, Meng and Barbarian. Um, you know, you had fucking Zodiac. Let's not get started on Ed Leslie. Uh, gimmick number one hundred and six. Yes. You know, and and no. you had it. It was pretty bad, dude. The Dungeon of Doom at this point, you know. Yeah, uh, but where are they situated? They're situated in the fucking main event because they're being led by the Booker, like. Yeah, like that's why I'm taking my shot at Kevin Sullivan. Well, there's a there's a point after this. So, so basically, yeah, Brian Pillman's grabbed the microphone, and said, "I respect you, Booker man." After about a minute, and then everyone's standing, and then he's dropped the strap, which still hasn't even been opened because it was a it was a strap match and an "I respect you" match. So, in a strap match, obviously, both guys have got the strap attached it's to each other's. It's more gimmicks, more gimmicks. Yeah. We're getting into AEW territory. But it's, um, you know, so it should have been a strap match, but we didn't even get the chance. Like, Pillman came in with it, still wrapped up. Yeah. Pulled a little bit out just so he could whip him with it. And then he's done the old fucking I Respect You Booker Man, done the off-ski. And then you've got, you, you, you've got Sullivan there talking to the referee, just saying, well, that was over in a minute. We've still got another eight minutes left or whatever. Um, Pillman's obviously gone running out to the back, and then Arn Anderson's probably come out to save the day. I think I don't think he was ready, but I well, think they're like, yeah, you Arne, have to go out there. Arn and Kevin have a, a brief match. Um, Arn hangs uh, Kevin Sullivan over the top rope, and the commentary booth say he might like that. You know, he, yeah, you, 
It's crazy. But that, for me, was one of the best parts of the match where Arn Anderson throws Sullivan over. He's got it wrapped around. And then Arn Anderson's doing the classic Arn Anderson. He's got the pose, yeah, where he's grabbing him and he's going like that. He's like looking around and that and just doing the crazy Arn Anderson. It's fucking fantastic. Um, I love Arn Anderson. Great. Rick, uh, comes comes running out and uh, he puts a stop to the match. He, uh says, you know, they've got Hogan later and Savage and all of that stuff. They're trying to remain as a team. Uh, he also threatens to make a woman out of somebody's wife. Um, In the crowd, yeah, because the crowd are shouting at him and he goes, you lot shut up. If I, wa if I wanted to talk to you, I'd take your wife home and make a woman out of her. Um, but then also you've got another bit where after Flair comes out and he grabs them both and he's talking to him, right? Arn, you can see Arn Anderson and Sullivan talking, and Sullivan turns around to Arn Anderson. He says, "What's wrong with him? Or what's what's wrong with him?" Yeah. Um. um so he he's even saying, "Look, what the fuck is wrong with Brian? Like, what what's wrong with him? Why did he as, do that?" As far as I was, I've read up and I've been aware of. Uh, there was only the only person that might have. Anybody was definitely in, and it was Eric Bischoff. What Bischoff was definitely in on what he Bischoff what, was what, in on all of this. Um. There was a plan. Um, Pillman would get to the back and they would, him and Eric would argue uh, loudly to continue the charade. I think that's bullshit, dude. Um, well, this is, this is, you know, Eric, I've, Pillman would be fired the next day. And Eric Bischoff claims that this was always the plan, that he would be fired and Pillman was free to then go to ECW and maybe even Japan and get more heat and more, you know, generate more money on the loose cannon character. What? And then come back and then come back. Um, and you know, he was, he's exactly, Pillman does exactly that. He shows up at a ECW show, cyber slam, look out for it next week. Um, but he, but he never goes back to WCW and in, instead gets signed to WWF. No, it, that's it. Eric always has claimed that the plan was to re-sign Pillman when he was ready. But Pillman played him like one of Honky Tonk Man's guitars. Because Pillman, it was a way of Pillman getting out of his WCW contract, you know, actually doing what Bischoff said and going generating more heat on the loose cannon character. And then signing a big old deal with Vince. And he actually got the second guaranteed contract that yeah. WWF ever gave anyone, as we've spoken about before. The first one was Mark Miro. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a story, and I can't... Ah, no, it was Sabu, okay? So here's another little bit of Pillman um, information, Okay and a little bit of an insight into, in, into the mind of what was going on with Brian Pillman, okay? Because this is, as Jordan said, this is our Brian Pillman kind of double header. So this week we've got Super Bowl six, where all this has kicked off. Brian Pillman's done this. The loose ca cannon character has basically gone out and outed the business and said, you know, book a man and all this kind of shit. But um, Sabu, okay, Sabu on a shoot interview spoke about Brian Pillman and he said that when he first met Brian Pillman, 
when or when when he when he was around him for a little while when he was in ECW um Pillman was being a bit of a bit was being a bit of a jerk well not being a bit of a jerk but was very short in his answers and wasn't very talkative and you know Sabu said to someone what the fuck is what's his deal man you know like why why is he why is he being like he is and 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 they said to him um it's not his fault um his ex-wife shot herself in the head while she was on the phone to Brian just to make him know that it was his fault and that she he was the reason why she did it fuck right that's fucking deep dude and this is around the time from when he was at ECW before he got signed to WWE. And and later on, obviously, he would be found... I mean, we've covered this as well. We, we've, we've actually got one of our episodes from the, the day that Brian Pillman was being found dead, and it was yeah. um, Bad Blood, wasn't it? Is it so Bad Blood? Bad Blood in Your House, yeah. Bad Blood in Your House, which is one of our episodes that hasn't got a lot of views, but I actually thought was one of our best episodes. It's a, yeah, um, really... I, for us it's like it was a you know something that we really enjoyed doing i mean it's not not a great topic but no also yeah it was something we thought we did really well with and you know feel free to go and check that out for any new listeners any new watchers we'll put that we'll put that in the end yeah we'll put that on the end of the video so you can watch it we'll do it as one of the clicky doodars there will be there will be more on brian next week in part two um yes so we, yeah. this is the double header. Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry. We next week uh, we are finally dipping in to extreme championship wrestling. It's uh, something that Chris has wanted to do more more than me for a while. Um, I haven't I haven't quite given in on TNA just yet. I think I'll uh, we'll keep swerving that one. No, it would do. And who was it? You was having a, who was it that put up? We'll give them a shout out now. Um, who who said they were old school TNA marks? It was another podcast dude that you've been chatting with today. Um, oh, um, yeah, uh, last minute, last minute podcast with uh, with Frank. Uh, he uh, he put up a he put up a favorite TNA wrestler thing. You know, I. I thought I'd have a laugh and stick Monty Brown in there. And uh... last minute, yeah, last minute wrestling podcast. Shout out to you guys. Follow them on Twitter and and listen to them. Last minute wrestling podcast. Um, that's a one. That's a one man show. That is. That's Frank. oh, that's a one. Yes, yeah, Frank. Uh, that's it. So, um, you know, I I am an old school TNA mark, and he put up Samoa Joe, of which I have his original TNA T-shirt as well from when he first started in TNA. Um, I'm trying not I, to hurt my eyes, man. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a good t-shirt. It says drastic measures uh, and it says submission machine on it because he was known as a submission machine because he had the, he, he was, he was great. I mean, Joe, Samoa Joe in TNA was fantastic, but I said um, AJ Styles was probably my favorite in TNA because he, he made, he made himself there. Um, but I also had honourable mentions to Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel, who was actually in AEW in the Casino Royale well, thing. Chris, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe had their, what was it Unbreakable? Their yeah. Trip, yeah. So Fucking I think, incredible, I know, dude. I know a little bit about TNA. Yeah, dude, I've got that, I've got that DVD. I've got, I've got that on DVD, that, that match. Um, that was but incredible. Also, incredible, yeah. 
you had Shark Boy. You remember Shark Boy, right? Something happened don't where we like Shark Boy. Yeah, that I, that, go, see, that sort of thing just just pisses me off. I don't. No, think. dude, it was fucking incredible, man. Sharp. He, instead of instead of the beer, he had the clam juice, dude. It was just great, and he'd be coming in there as like you know talking trash to people and that. Oh, dude, it was so good, man. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling clam me you juice. It was clam juice, dude. He was like. You know, and he'd be like, ah, ah. Like, he'd be the, he had the gimmick down, dude. It's good. And don't tell me you don't like curry, man. You know? Oh, he's hot, spicy. He tastes great, yeah. That's um, right, man. Come on, dude. Um, yeah. But, yes, um, shout out to Last Minute uh, Resting Podcast. But, yeah, we, we are getting into ECW next week. And thank you, Jordan, for allowing us to do that as well because I have been going on for ages. Um about getting into ECW and we, I mean, this, it wasn't this, I mean, it's a great show to get into because of the whole Brian Pillman thing, because Brian Pillman literally within, I don't know how long it was between um, this show and the ECW uh, I show. I think it's something like six or seven days. So within about a week. So there was clearly no like 90 day, no compete clause in the contract, anything like that. He was just fired on the spot. Yeah, that's cra- that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, insane. I mean, you can, yeah, you can see Sullivan saying, what's wrong with him? Yeah, but what's wrong with him? You know, talking to Arn. But yeah, we're getting into ECW next week and it will feature the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Oh um, my goodness, he is, he is a loose cannon there. Um, <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, it's Mean Gene with the Giant and Jimmy Hart. Uh, they're just basically saying Hulkamania's finished. Giant talks about souls and maggots and Hogan can't run or hide. Jimmy Hart has the best lines in here because I think you've got some memorabilia to go with it. Um, I do. No more yeah. watching those B-grade flicks you're in. No more thunder in paradise. No more thunder in paradise. You've got Gene, yeah, talking about, we've got a lot of loose cannons around here. And then, yeah, he, he comes in with his his lines about B-list movies and um, no more thunder in paradise. And I actually have an original uh, video store poster for Hulk Hogan, Thunder in Paradise. That is... And that is fresh out of a video store from 1990, whatever. Jeez. You know, this is, it's it's wrestling memorabilia that not a lot of people will have. Partly because yeah, it was a fucking dog shit movie. Hell yeah. Um, but partly it's just, you know, Hulk Hogan in Thunder in Paradise. And yeah, he's a, I mean, that is, that is a cracking poster. And he's got the patch over his eye like he has done in this pay-per-view as well. <laughs> And as far as far as I'm aware, Chris did not find that in a bin behind Blockbuster. But it's uh, I did not know. I did not find it in a bin. <laughs> there's a, there's a reference. No one will get in ten years. Blockbuster. <laughs> I've gone. We've gone too far back. We've gone too far back, man. There was <laughs> there, there was a, there was choices. Do you remember choices video? No. Oh no! See, that's way far back for you. That I remember going to Choices Video. Um, there was there was two in our there was a blockbuster in our town and a Choices Video. Um, and yeah, I mean, fucking hell, man! Then were the days, you know. Friday evening, you'd go in there. You could rent games, um, computer games. You could rent consoles, dude. You know what I have? I'm a, I'm a collector of all things like retro, and I have a Blockbusters Video X Rental Super Nintendo. With the carry case and everything, um, 
and you could, I mean, someone probably stole it from Blockbuster Video like, years ago, but um, I ended up getting my hands on it. Yeah, and it's the ones that you could actually, you could go in there and for the weekend, you could rent the Super Nintendo and rent a load of games and that, you know? But for those who look at our, uh, our Instagram account, which is uh, at Chat Grapple Pops, you would have seen me uh, post a couple of pictures of me playing Super Brawl of all games. WCW Super Brawl on the uh, Super Nintendo, but uh, retouched for the uh, for the PSP just because you know it's rare as shit, dude. That game it is like Super Brawl for the snares is proper rare. It's a you know it was a fun game. I'll, I'll yeah, it was good. You know, there, were, there were sunset flips that looked like Canadian destroyers. There was you know <laughs> there was. I've got it on my arcade machine. I I hand built an arcade machine and I've got so I've got it on there. So. Yeah, that's something that people need to see. That you've handmade a video arcade machine and you're playing WCW Super Bowl. We need pictures, Chris. <laughs> people love this stuff. They want to see it. Yeah, man. I, I love my arcade machine, mate. My boy loves it. Uh, we It's a tag team title match. It's the one that people have been dying to see in 1989, 1990. Um, it's the Road Warriors against Sting and Luger. Yeah, there's no iconic music for LOD. They don't get the uh, they don't get the Road Warrior pop here. They get a decent pop, but it's not yeah, a decent pop. Um, Lex is very hesitant to get to the ring. He threatens to walk out. Sting has to go and get him. Um, lots of Luger sucks chants uh, going up. Like I said, this this would have been a dream match five or six years before. Absolute dream. <clears throat> but it's 1996, and it is not a big match anymore. No, it's fucking they they and the, the, they're longing it out as well. Luger Luger actually gets spat on. Um, he? he actually gets spat on, and you see him when he walks over to the ring, like wiping it. You can see him clock it as he gets spat on, and then he walks over to the ring when he comes to the side of the ring. You can see him like rub his arm on the side of the ring, like the top bit of his arm, where someone gobs on him. That's not cool, by the way, people. Be prepared if you're going to spit on a wrestler to catch one to the fucking jaw. Yeah, the receipts. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's terrible. I mean, but literally, as soon as, I mean, it was longed out too much. They're saying, you know, Luger's saying, yeah, get them to take their spikes off and all this kind of thing. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was long, longed out. They, yeah, they botched that neck breaker. It's, it's, oh, the spinning neck breaker was fucking horrible. Um, and this is it, like Animal, right? We've spoke about this. Animal has a picture-perfect power slam. And Luger managed to screw that up. Yeah, that's correct. He does. <laughs> and it just made it, it looks weak. It makes it look bad. It's just, yeah, you know, the commentary team are disappointed with Luger for being too slow to help Sting. Uh, Sting and Animal both no-sell suplexes. I thought that was funny. I, I did quite like that. I thought... Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna screw about with a match, why not just no sell everything? Yeah, we've spoken about um, the Road Warriors no selling shit before, haven't we? We have, and and then it's a it's a double count out, and they brawl they brawl into the back, and it's but, it's but they fucking they they botch an Irish whip into the ropes, dude. They grab Sting, the Road Warriors, to give him an Irish whip. They 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 kind of miss his hands, and then Sting just turns around and just runs into the rope. Like yeah. it's like. Ter- absolutely terrible match. Um, and yeah, so I, bad. It, it's a shame because yeah, 
between you know like i said five six years ago maybe maybe more like it would have been a dream match along with the lod road warriors and the steiners probably would have made like big money anywhere they went but this match is just lost in a terrible show and yeah it's a shame but we move <laughs> mean gene is with rick flair and woman Yes, uh, Rick talks about his blood, sweat, tears, and a title change. He is the challenger tonight. He's looking for his 13th world championship. And woman, oh, woman. Woman, oh, woman, <laughs> woman, oh, woman. What a promo this was, though, dude. What yes, an interview good. this was. Very good. One of the highlights of the fucking show. Absolutely, man. And, and people talk a lot of shit about Flair, but... Um, he actually dragged this show from its knees yes. to this point. Um, and and this promo... Do a, do a blinding show. Oh, it, it's fantastic, dude. And he, he said, you know, they're talk, he's talking about, you know, Liz... Uh, Gene says, oh, will you be taking a ride on Space Mountain tonight then? Oh. And he says, woman on my left and Liz on my right, but I won't be telling anyone who I'll be with tonight. And it's like, um, yeah, dude, you're the fucking man. Uncle Gene cannot take his eyes off of woman. Dude, who can, man? You know, um, and she it's, said... It's another, it's another another Nancy appreciation. Uh, Nancy, Su you know, I say Nancy Sullivan, Nancy Benoit. Woman, oh, you woman. Know, you know, a woman, oh, woman. You know, she's fantastic, it's, you know. This isn't, isn't the height that she gets to where she's uh, rubbing all up on Gene. Um, she's still touching his lapel though. She's yeah. there as soon as the as soon as the promo starts. They're standing there, and she's like rubbing his lapel and his jacket. And she's like, "What woman wants, woman gets." Yeah. You know, like it's really fucking good. class. It's it's gold and pure class. Yeah, um, there's a promo for uncensored something about getting off your ass and watching it. I don't know. It was... They bleeped it out. Yeah, what's yeah. the matter? You can't get off your ass and watch something good, and then they're yeah. blown away in the chair. Is this, no, is this the Uncensored where it's like Hogan and Savage against like eight different people? Yeah, when they're in that massive like cage thing that goes oh, up and yeah. up. That like, was fucking terrible. Dungeon of Doom again. <laughs> that, could be, that could be one of our shows coming up. Let's, uh, fucking we bollocks, could, mate. We could review some of the worst of the worst in that one. Um Mean Jeans with Elizabeth and Randy Savage together again. Um, mm -hmm. and we get Savage quoted you know, or talking about the mega powers and and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do a Randy Savage impression. You know, what it is is what it is. That's right. <laughs> um, and then Mean Gene drops in a little bit where he says right. Savage could be walking the razor's edge. That's right. He's walking a razor's fine razor. He's walking Brilliant. this fine razor's edge, Absolutely. and it's like, yeah, he's dropping the hints because obviously, soon to come would be Scott Hall and yeah. Kevin Nash. I mean, it would be a few months, but yeah, there's uh, Scott Hall would be the first to make his appearance, wouldn't he, in the uh, WCW? And then we cut back to our commentary booth, and Bobby Heenan's facing the wrong way. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got his back turned to everyone and then he's like, you know, they're trying to drag him round and that. He's trying to spin his chair. He's getting he's clearly getting frustrated with Bobby. Bobby's just just winding him up to no end. Bobby's just Bobby. Like, but he, Bobby lives it 100% of the time when he's on the screen. 
Like it, it's a one the, the Bobby Heenan shoot interview, he says, when you're doing anything, you've got to be in it a hundred percent and you've got to be believing in what you're doing and you've got to be that character. You've got to be that person. So Bobby the Brain Heenan was a fucking jerk, the character. He's an absolute <laughs> arsehole. But you know, that's what he'd be doing. He was completely pissed off with what had happened in the last match. And he's just there. He's just like, don't give a shit. You know, he's just pissed off. Um, and he, yeah, it's brilliant the way he's got his back turned. And, he, you know, it's just but Bobby Heenan. His back Bobby is turned. He's not, he's not lost in the shuffle. He knows exactly what they're saying next to him. He Absolutely. Around, he gets turned around and he's, he's, he doesn't skip a second. He's, he's, he's so, so it's brilliant. He's, he never misses a beat, man. And it's our first half of our main event. Michael Buffer is here collecting a nice, sweet paycheck for his uh, catch. Double rate. bubble. It's a bank holiday for him today, bruv. Yeah, Double bubble. Special. Um, it, mate. It is Double a time. WCW Championship cage match. Another gimmick match. Um, Ric Flair with woman taking on Macho Man Randy Savage with, with Elizabeth. And this is where a piece of memorabilia comes in because it is... Now, I say it's quite... It's not rare, obviously, but... WCW didn't have a lot of merchandise in the UK in 94, 95, 96. It just wasn't readily available. I'm not sure if that was when they sort of came off ITV as well. Yeah, it was. Around that time, yeah. Because they went on to TNT with Nitro. They went on to TNT 95, 96, yeah. But there still wasn't many toys, games, stuff. No, not in the UK. For... For us to for this to like land in my lap, it's the uh, it's an old uh, San Francisco toy makers 1995 Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, nice, dude! Ridiculously good shape. Um, and I have to I have to throw out a thank you to uh, Cactus Matt, as I like to call him, or Matt Diamond, Dennis, however you want to call it. Matt, it was you, you, you know, you wonderful human being. He found this. He gave me gave me the the shout and said, "Do you, you know? Do you have it? No. Do you need it? Yes, please." <laughs> like, Where did he was. get it? Car boot sale or marketplace or something? Uh, he found it in a shop near one of the places he was working. Nice. He came across it. Yeah, gave me a shout and said, "Here it is." And yeah, this is in unbelievable nick for something that was in around in 1995. There's no no chips, no dings. There's a there's a few of them that I've been looking at on on um, on eBay because they had the really colourful backing cards and you've got like, you know, the giant. You had Macho Man. There's there's a few there's a few good ones, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't have many. I have. Uh, Show it again, man, bitch. Put it up. I have Goldberg, Rey Mysterio, and now Randy Savage. Yeah, dude. Let me have a look. Hold on. Yeah, that's nice, dude. That is I'll have to come round your house and uh, touch it. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yay! <laughs> um, Ric Flair gets a gets a brilliant reaction. Like he's he he's playing heel, but he we've said this before. Nineteen ninety six Ric Flair isn't a heel anywhere anymore. He's nah. too, too well respected. Um, Macho Man comes out. He someone in the crowd passes him a Slim Jim and he kisses it. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant, dude. To be honest, you've, if, you've... if I was getting that money from Slim Jim, I'd kiss it too. Oh, dude, you know he got paid, bro. Um, it, it's crazy because Ric Flair, when Ric Flair walks down to the ring, he grabs a child's Hulk Hogan bandana and then throws it on the floor. Yeah, and woman the, just... 
then they stamp on it. But the kid in the background, you can see, is visibly pissed. He's like, <laughs> no, no. Like, you see the kid getting really vexed and that. I'm sure someone would have picked it up and given it back to him because you don't see it when... You um, would, yeah, you would hope you so. Know. Um, but the kid was fucking pissed, man. Uh, he, he, he's, I mean, Randy Savage is our Tassel Award winner of the evening. 100%. He is covered in them. Yep. Um, Tassel factor 1,000% I've got yeah. written down here. Yes, uh, and this is, it, and I've got to be honest, this, this really took me off topic and I wrote it down just so I didn't forget it. It makes you think that we had some, and I say we because this was an era we watched and we were out like really locked into. We had some massive stars. Oh, we were spoiled. We were totally spoiled for it and you almost feel bad like... I, in a way, I sort of do feel bad for people that watch watch today's stuff and are so sort of into like these guys who aren't as good or aren't as big bigger stars as Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hogan, Sting. On the other side, you had Bret Hart, you had you know Shawn Michaels, you had massive names, and we were yeah we were probably spoiled for it. Mega stars, I'd, I'd call them, and John Cena was probably the last one. No, Enzo Amore. Oh, okay. Sorry, Enzo. Enzo, shout out to Enzo. You love him. <laughs> I'm um, really sorry. This is the question I got. Has wrestling faded? Um, short answer, yes. Um, wrestling is now being kept alive by the remnants of the great old ones. The you network. get what I'm saying? The network is keeping it alive. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. I mean, how many modern wrestling fans are watching you know WWF Backlash from 1999 or the Royal Rumble 98 or Super Brawl 6 or fucking Super Brawl 1 dude who's watching it it's well, guys from people go back and watch them but but this is what, partly why we've created this channel because we've done it for the old smart marks like us um What's a who, smart mark? The smart marks. You know, what's a smart mark? Like, let's not get into it yet. Let's yeah, not get into next it. week. Next week, next week. Stop, Chris. I'm just excited about ECW. Stop it. Right. Um, you know, we, this is why we've done it, because we. I think a lot of the new guys that are watching AEW, they're not really familiar with maybe a lot of older stuff. I think... The 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 nearest they've got is is like the era of, like you say, Cena, Randy Orton. Yeah. You know the Miz. You know people like that. You but, know. But Cena Morrison. is the standout, isn't he? He is the meg last megastar for sure at the moment. Like anyone could anyone could branch out and take it. You know, someone could be the next big crossover. But and you know what. I've got a big up John Cena as well, because to be fair, if it wasn't for John Cena, we probably would have never seen Enzo Amore and Big Cass like we saw him. Um, because there was, the, have you have you listened to Enzo Amore's shoot interviews that he's got online? No. Everyone, you should, you should. It's fucking great. Because he basically tells a story about how they were first on Raw and stuff like that because you know they were doing dark segments and dark matches and it were just dark segments first of all 
and John Cena was at one Raw and saw them do the, the dark segment or whatever, and then the next week they saw them do something, and John Cena just said, I want you guys. Have you got your gear with you? Can you get out in the ring with me when I'm doing this thing with whatever, you know? And basically, John Cena was the guy who managed to get them a little bit of exposure and just said, right, get your gear on. Fucking at the end, you're yeah. going to come out, you know? And um, yeah, that was, I mean, that that's... So big up John Cena. And it's not like... I mean, Cena was was good, you know, in, in a way where... Like you saying, he was really, he was really the last superstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? The last, you know, in the vein of your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, your 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 Rocks, you know, your Shawn Michaels, you know, you you guys like that. You, no one's really ever. I mean, who who were they really pushing for? For I mean. Randy Orton, you know. Orton, Orton is a. I mean, Orton's he's hit legendary status, but already like it's he's a for me he's living legend. He's already you know he's done it all. You you know what annoyed me? I think they were hinting the fact that he's going to have new music. Okay. And I just can't. You can't have Orton without the, you know, the classic. I hear voices in my head. Yeah, they talk to me. You you can't you can't that is Orton. You go, they talk to me, like, come on, gets me fucking gassed up every single time. You know, it, it but it's not like um we don't enjoy wrestling from other eras as well, Jordan. Oh, you know yeah, I mean absolutely. we're watching you know, we're watching stuff from eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine, you know, but we do watch newer stuff. Um but, and we we enjoy it. What I'm what I was just trying to like I just felt sort of felt kind of bad about it, like making this point. Like it feels like you know, we don't have the, the 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 level of stardom that we had. No, um, I mean oh. I don't know what the reason for that would be. Um, it's difficult, really, to try and. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think some of the reason is that the book in these days is pandering to the the smart mark. Dude, you've hit the nail on the head. And I'll tell you one thing as well. I think that's a reason why AEW might end up be making some bad decisions because it's pandering too much to the fans. Because, you know, I, 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 I still get hung up on the fact that MJF wasn't given the title because it's one of them things where the build-up was there and you had the Moxley Marks who were like, they were, they were like, oh, he can't win without help and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you're missing the fucking point of it, man. It's the more entertaining thing to be would, would for them to, the first time, you know, I don't understand why Matey Boy didn't get involved either. You know? Yeah. Um, you know. It, Tony, Tony Khan's going to, he's going to get his comeuppance this weekend when his Fulham, yeah, he owns Fulham FC, you know, when they, they play uh, the mighty Arsenal and they're going to get battered, so. You know, let's uh, let's just uh, let's wipe the smile off of Mr. Khan's face this weekend. Did didn't weren't Fulham? Did Fulham used to be owned by um, uh, uh, Harrods guy? Yeah, Harrods guy. What's his name? Um, 
Al Fayed. Al Fayed, yeah. And, and didn't they have a statue of Michael Jackson out, yeah, outside? They did, yeah. I'm, I think it's gone now, but they did have a statue of Michael Jackson outside it. That's crazy, yeah. So, yeah, Al Fayed. The Al Fayeds are quite a huge, a, a famous family for the fact that the son, Dodi Al Fayed, was, was dating uh, Princess Diana and obviously died in um, with her in the tunnel and that. Yeah. So it's... um. Yeah, so the Khans own Fulham Football Club in the UK. They own the Jaguars. But I think they're pandering far too much to these fucking fans, man. And these fans, they haven't got... I mean, the fact that they were moaning about what JR said... Let's be honest. Some of these fans, a lot of these fans don't have a booking bone in their body. So, they no, just, I mean, uh, yeah, they just want to... You know, pick apart everything the way they see fit. They, some, you know, it's still real to them. Damn it, and all that stuff. That's fine, but you know, they, they, they swarm like a like bees when someone has an opinion that's different to theirs. It's quite funny to watch sometimes. They really do go after you if you, you know, if you'd say that Moxley sucks or something like that, which is, you know, he doesn't. He's just no, no, he does, he does, he does. Oh, that's yeah. fine. I'll take the heat, man. I'll take the heat. <laughs> I'll take the heat. I'm down for that. Um, yeah, uh, there's lots of stalling from Rick at the beginning. Um, there's only one ref involved in this, so escape is not part of the match. Escaping the cage is not a way to win in this match, which makes it weird. The ref takes forever. To, he takes forever to lock the door. I don't know what he's playing at. Well, I mean, there's there's straight away there's a lateral press pin attempt and while the pin attempt's there there's no one doing the count because the ref's still pissing around with the door yeah um you know and then i I'll, think i've got i'm sorry cage the cage bumps by savage in this are yeah out of this world he, he, i mean the, the the velocity that he hits it with is yeah compared to someone else who hits the cage in the next match i mean they were already these were brilliant bumps he was taking into the cage. He was really throwing himself around. He was bumping like mad to get this match over. And to be honest, it was a nice change for some for two two people trying to get a match over instead of just pissing around. Actually putting together something decent. And yeah, Savage is bumping like crazy on the cage. Ric Flair sparks the referee for some reason. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, no real reason to it. He just just walloped him. That I mean, we we speak about this every week. Every or every week, there's chops, but you know, Flair's laying them in, and like Dusty even says, they'll take the hide off your chest. They will. Yeah. Like he's felt them before. It's yeah, just it's really good, and I can't I can't talk enough about Flair and Savage. I mean, I I really enjoyed their feud in 1992 in the WWF. I know the feud kicked up again in '95 with uh, with Angelo getting involved. Yeah, Angelo Poffo, his dad got involved and ended up getting slapped up by Flair. Yeah, <laughs> a woman is playing a brilliant role at ringside. She's screaming her head off when uh, Flair gets put in the figure four. Uh, Rick! Yeah, Rick! that's literally all you can hear. Rick. <laughs> Savage goes to the top of the cage uh, and Flair catches him. I mean, that's a that's a bump and a half for someone that's getting older. Oh yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, how high is it from the top of the cage? Because he's standing right on the top of the cage and he just lands, you know, that gets, a, gets a belly, gets yeah. a belly shot. Uh, 
yeah, the referee uh, starts pulling Flair's hair. Flair puts on a figure four and the ref... I suppose this was probably all tied into the ref getting a punch, like, in the first minute. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know why, because, yeah, when Flair was grabbing onto the ropes, the ref was kicking his hand. Yeah. And then, but then he was trying to drag him off Macho Man by pulling his but hair, yeah, fans, I mean... The fans were booing at this point because they, obviously, you know, Flair is well-liked and... This is this is when the dream he he drops the modo referendum yes. line. Uh, Savage starts uh, grinding Flair's face into the cage, and Bobby Heenan says he's going to look like Oakland when he's done. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And then he goes, and then uh, Tony says to him, "Do you just sit at home and just like write these things down?" He goes, "Do you listen to yourself sometimes?" He's like, "Yeah, all the time." He's like, "I listen to myself all the time." <laughs> um, it was a no-brainer Flair was going to blade in this but the WCW policy on blading is you know none at the time no blading whatsoever no blood so we lose any close-up camera shots really and that just it ruined it for me they yeah but do you not think um, do you not think they'll bust it open hard way on the no uh, it's not, not Rick Rick Blading King. Yeah, I, I I think um in the next match there's a hard way gash. Yeah. Um, Flair gets his ass out, which uh, the fans love. I'm, you know, how can you ever tell what fans are into? How can you <laughs> not like it? Bare ass Flair. Is, you know, twice. <laughs> we get we get two shots of Flair's naked bare ass, but and they get the a dream. bit of blood. Yeah, you get the dream saying, that's the moon over Miami. He drops a <laughs> yeah. couple of great one-liners. Um, um, Flair, uh, Savage gets a really close two count on Flair and the bell rings and it just... Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a mistake there. They, I guess they think it's it was done and dusted. Um, <laughs> the cage door that that referee spent so long trying to lock flew open on its own. Just, yeah, when... Someone takes a bump against the cage and then yeah. it just flies open. The um, flew open. I, I was cracking up at that. I, I just put next to it, fucking ref. Yeah, it's a fucking ref. And it weren't your, it weren't your pal. It wasn't my pal. Which one? The referee. The, the referee you love so much in oh. WWF. Oh, Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Old yeah. yeah. It wasn't around to screw anyone in WCW. Yeah. Or steal any merchandise. Um, yeah the camera shot has gone wide so you start to I, I, I got annoyed and I started to just carry on getting annoyed as that happened um, and then out of nowhere woman tries to throw powder into Randy's eyes Randy drops to the floor and like it just you know goes into the air no one gets hit and Liz gives Ric Flair a shoe swerve bro swerve bro and this is where it all I mean this is where it all begins because the the fucking the team of the four horsemen and Liz and woman Ric Flair was big. Oh, dude, it was so big, man. Liz was better with Flair, and because hadn't hadn't woman left Macho Man as well because Macho Man turned up the weeks before and he had woman 
and Liz by his side and woman defected and left to go to Rick? Uh, I would have to go back and rewatch. I haven't seen that, some of that stuff. in. I believe that's what happened. Um, we have a new uh, world champion 13 times. Uh, but the production ruined it for me. Like towards the end. Uh, there's a really nice pop for Rick as a you know, winter title again. And someone comes out to steal some limelight. Of course he does. Of course I, he fucking I, does. It was head in hands when he come out. Because I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, and dude, again, he does the fucking thing. He goes up to the referee and he's grabbing his point into his shoe and trying to mimic the, taking the shoe off and he's pointing to his shoe. And put, it's like, dude. No one gives a shit, man. The referee didn't see it. You're yeah. coming down like acting like you're on, you know, doing plain charades, bro. Get the fuck and, out of here, man. Yeah, it, it, this Hogan sucks chance, and at this point he does. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, the Savage gets helped to the back. Hogan's still, you know, vamping behind him, doing my head in at this point. The only thing that made me feel better after that was then going to the commentary booth and seeing Heenan just smiling. Yeah, full like... of Heenan, yeah. <laughs> um, mean Gene is uh, with Hogan. Hogan is cursing Liz. He's uh, All I got here was just, you know, and even my missus said, like, what's he on? Like, what is he taking here? Because it's a lot of brother and dude. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. He's the long, yeah, I mean, he's manic. It's just he's off his. You know what? Bro. It made me long for an Ultimate Warrior promo at this point because I thought I would have understood it more. Yeah, <laughs> that's saying something. The power of the warriors. You know what I mean? Um, and it is our it is our our main event. Like it really shouldn't have been, but it's the giant with uh, Kevin Sullivan. He'll frame you good. Remember that, <laughs> and Jimmy Hart against Hogan, it's uh, unsanctioned. I'm doing quotes, unsanctioned. Yeah. Um, one of the best parts of this was old man Hogan trying to climb the cage. Oh, and trying to get back in, yeah, and then nearly nearly doing a fucking yeah, Matt Fidel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's your typical Hogan fair, this match. It's uh, the fans, yeah, the fans are into it, to be honest. I don't know why. Like, no, I mean, they, I, they, I don't, I, I don't know. Florida is a, is a Hogan area. He has a home. I mean, he's Florida. from, that's where he lives, yeah. But the thing is, there was still plenty of Hogan sucks chance, even yeah. when the match started, dude. There was loads. And how many fireworks did he want? Jesus. Not enough. Yeah, it was Not like Chinese quite. New Year. <laughs> the match has become, it's a plodding brawl. There's, it's, it's slow. It's, it's, again, they're making their way through treacle to get to each other. Do you know why? Because they're putting fucking Hogan over. And in, in, if it was legit and they're in a cage, the, the giant, you know, he would, Paul White would have battered the fuck out of him. And, and the way that he was selling in this was ridiculous. You know, at one point he's standing on his feet, like rocking for about 10 minutes. Waiting for Hogan to fucking do something. It's the old like, yeah, it's the old like giant bump though. Like Earthquake used to do it, and Yoko would do it. Yeah, it's just it's, it's old hat at that point. Um, old hat, but I tell you what, he does take a very savage-looking bump in this match. Does old uh, Big Show? I was going to say you weren't talking about Hulk. <laughs> no, he don't. 
Yeah, you don't bump for no one, bro. Ogan runs to the cage ever so gently and just taps it with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I've got here, this should not be the main event. The bear hug in the middle of the ring looks like a gentle cuddle. Oh, it's terrible. They're just, yeah, they're just having a moment to share, like, in the in front of 7,200 people. Um, it's it's hokey. It's a shit choke slam, which the fucking prick knows. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking no, Yeah, it's complete. Even uh, one of the commentary teams says, oh, yeah, no, that wasn't the choke slam that he usually gets them up six, seven foot. He's like, mm-hmm. that was just a half one. And then literally he no sells it. Again, Hogan jumps up in the air like he's just shit himself. And this is like it. He Hogan, Hogan is now stronger than ever. He's no sold the choke slam. He's the strongest he's ever been here. And the giant is showing Hulk how to bump into a cage and how to, you know, bump in general. Um, there is a big pop for the body slam. You know, a, a body slam on someone that big is always going to pay off. Um, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, three leg drops of doom and the giant decides to no-sell them. He, un- he does the Undertaker, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking, he, he is so, fu- I piss myself when I, when I see it because it, it's one of them things where literally Hogan's dragging him around by his head and just launching him into all the sides of the cage that he can yeah. do. Um, I think he busts him open as well the hard way. I don't, because I don't think he had chance to blade really. Um, Probably not. Oh. The way he's thrown him around, and then yeah, he slams him, which is a pretty big slam as well. But you can see he pops for him really nice because Hogan gets him nice and high. Um, yeah, but it's like three leg drops later, and then the giant literally just sits up like Undertaker, <laughs> 1993. You know, it's it's just oh, it's it's great, man. Um, we, get, um, we get a second chance at Hogan climbing out a cage ever so gracefully. Um, he, he wins because he exits, exits the cage, which wasn't part of the rules in the cage match before. Oh, no, they're like they're, they're both in the corner standing up and like they're chopping each other um, in the yeah. corner. And Big Show, sorry, Giant takes an absolutely phenomenal back bump just into oh, from the great. top. Yeah. Oh, dude. And it's like, it looks like he bangs his head. Like real bad, like his head just goes boom, 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 like when he fucking hits the deck, and then Hogan obviously slivers out the top. Yeah, he snakes his way out. Um, snakes his way out. Attacked by Kevin Sullivan with a chair straight away. Great stuff. And this point. That was my favourite part. <laughs> at this point, the whole dungeon of doom makes their way out. Don't get me started on this bit, dude. And this please. Is, this is the. It's possibly the worst ending to a show I've seen in a long time because the whole dungeon makes their way out and they all have to sell these really weak-ass chair shots from Hogan, who is fighting them all off in a cage, all eight of them. I counted eight. Yeah, there's eight. There's eight. Um, He's fighting them all off with one chair. It is so messy. Like He clears them all out of the ring, out of the cage. He clears I hated it. I hated it. That's horrible. It, it basically they they could have gone in there, held him down, and butt fucked him. Eight people, eight people on one Hogan, yeah, and one of them's the giant, and 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 one of them's Meng. One of them's Meng. Yeah, Meng could have. God's sake! 
fucking Haku and the Barbarian, and, dude. I mean, if if you're gonna end it, end it properly, because here comes Loch Ness, giant fucking haystacks. Our our star of the show comes bowling out. He's trying to get to Hogan. They're holding him back because they know how much how much damage he's gonna do to Hogan. They know he's gonna ruin him for every other fucking show. So they hold they hold back giant haystack Loch Ness whatever, and uh, we get uh, you know Hogan must pose. I'm sure that must have yeah. I'm sure that line from Vince must have made its way to WCW at this point. <laughs> and uh, we get a good night from St. Pete because that's it. That's your show. Dude, it was absolute dog shit ending, dude. You've got eight very big, strong men, yeah, being being tapped left and right by Hogan and then attacked with a chair and stuff. And it's like, right, let Loch Ness in. Let him eat him. Like, you know, it, it's... They're holding him. They're holding Loch Ness back by his hair, yeah. and like trying to hold him back. He's like, "No, get off me! Let me in there!" You know. Oh, dude, it was so terrible. And yeah, Hogan, you know, Hogan posing, Hogan posing, Dungeon of Doom, leave, um, grabbing Loch Ness by his hair, and it's just, it's just an awful finish. But it's like so hokey. Like rim is the word. Yeah, that I was. I've used it's. It's so bad, but it's WCW before the arrival of these lot. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, dude. It's just before it's it's WCW just sort of really slowly ambling its way towards you know falling into a great booking idea, which they I know they say they they didn't steal it, but they clearly borrowed it. Borrowed, from, yeah. yeah. They borrowed it from New Japan and UWFI, but yeah, they did it well. They did, they did, they did, they did, it. They did it very well. Let's not knock that because the NWO angle is incredible. But before that, I mean, you've got this. You've got that silly cage match where it's two versus eight. <laughs> That's right, two versus eight. Um, and yeah, that's that's where we are at this point in WCW. It is not a good time, but they get better. And we did we did watch this purely for the fact that it was it was part of our Brian Pillman, you know, double header special. And next week we move on to another show. And we've already said ECW Cyber Slam. So brace yourselves, people. This will be my first attempt at reviewing an ECW show, which could fall flat on its ass. It could be a, a lot of fun. So I, I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of fun. Like e ECW is, I mean, in a word, crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, they, they, the camera work is crazy. You've got one main camera, um, you've got other bits going floating around. I mean, the commentary was crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just absolute mayhem. Um, you know, there's a, the one that I always keep going on about that for me is one of the craziest ECW shows ever is A Matter of Respect 96. Uh, that is the one for me that I really think we could do one day because... It's absolute nuts, but there's also some very big stars that get very big in WWE and other promotions uh, that, are, that are on that show. 
Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're venturing into the world of extreme championship wrestling. And yeah, it is, it is to follow on from what happened with Brian Pillman and, you know, because his, I mean, his ECW is, I, I wouldn't say it's his debut because he did, he did some stuff for ECW in 94, but this, it, this, you know, return, if you will, like it's, it's, it's iconic in wrestling. It's just the hell of a way to turn up to a, to a new, to another company. And, you know, and we've, I mean, we messaged about this yesterday or even today, like, and we will talk about it a lot more next week. Like the crowd are in, you know, they're so excited to see him in the, uh, in the bingo hall. In the bingo, um, in, in the Philly bingo hall, you know what I mean? And, and the thing is, yeah, there was so many people that went from WCW to ECW and then went on to greater things. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it was, you know, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin did it. You had Mick Foley did it. And then he, he, he did the hardcore, the, the hardcore promos, you know, the, the Dewey, Kane Dewey ones, yeah. you know, like, you know, and, and the one where he just lost it. You know, it, it's, um, and then Pillman's done it. You know, there, it, it was, it was great. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, started to create the Stone Cold character really in ECW, you know, when he went there and he was just like jerking around basically, you know, drinking beers and just fucking about. Um, you know, ECW doesn't get enough credit for me. Some people say it was trash wrestling or whatever, you know, but fuck man, it, 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 you've got to give it credit. You really do for some of the stuff that went on there and, and how it was a platform for those that were disenfranchised from either company you know yeah i mean i would say i feel bad like we've we've done a wcw show and we're finishing it by talking about ecw but i don't feel bad about this because this was a bad show it was it was bad it was the 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 show that should have been the 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 match that should have been main event would have finished it off on a bit more of a high yeah i think Uh, because it was a great angle great wrestlers great match so but then yeah <laughs> with that i would like to thank anyone that's still watching still listening as usual it's a long one tonight isn't it we're good, we're, we're good for the insomniacs um yeah <laughs> uh, you can you know we have spoke about it but feel free to catch up catch up with any of our older stuff you know especially the bad blood review um, in your house bad blood with uh it's a, we talk a lot about brian pillman in that as well and maybe it should have been a three-parter who knows um but yeah, remember to hit the like, hit the, you don't have to hit the bell if you don't want notifications, but hit the subscribe button. It's, please subscribe, please. And I did mention this earlier today on Twitter when we hit the 500 subscribers, I, I'm happy, I'm more than happy to do our first giveaway. And you know, everyone loves free shit. So let's not, let's not make this difficult. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button you know follow us on twitter follow us on instagram even on facebook chris you know we 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 like we love the facebook thing there's plenty there's plenty of like you know stuff that we like to share and talk about there's always goodies there's always you know clips and you know stuff we're putting online we're always talking about check us out you know look into the whole thing subscribe to us win some shit off us because you know like I said, I'm having a clear out. I've got stuff I need to get rid of. <laughs> Have it. 
please. I take it. VHS tapes around to Chris. Like, this is what <laughs> I'm doing. It's wrestling VHS tapes. Like, you know, we, I'm having a clear out. Chris has got some stuff he's got to, you know, he's happy, happy to give away as well. Yeah, man. You know, and we want to give it to worthy listeners yeah, like yourselves. People to enjoy the stuff, you know. I've got I've got sealed DVDs just sitting here that I'm never going to watch. Like, you know, stuff that people can, I'm more than happy for people to have. Like, hit that button. It's there. It's Subscribe. There. Hit it now. Um, hit it now. 84% of you, yeah, that are not subscribed and are watching. Hit the but it's, it's, it's kind of a thing on YouTube. It's kind of a thing. Like, a lot of people, you know, they enjoy watching a certain channel's content, but they just won't subscribe for whatever reason. I don't know yeah. why, but please, guys, so like, you know, subscribe. Press the little ding-a-ling bell. Um, you don't even need to get notifications, but please click the subscription and you could be within in with a chance of winning some of uh, myself and JB's wrestling memorabilia of which we have much. Yes, and it keeps growing much to my wife's you know annoyance more things just keep turning up (laughs) (laughs) what it is is what it it is is, brother um and yeah like a reminder that you can catch us on you know every podcast streaming site available that's right do i need to get Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Do it. Download. Listen on YouTube. Watch on YouTube and then you get to see our cool t-shirts and that that we are wearing. Um, And yeah, just do the thing, baby. Like, subscribe. And thanks for listening. Episode 16. Super Brawl 6. We are very happy to be in your homes, in your house even. You know, That's for, right. Without yeah. the Todd Pettingill. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could have Todd, you know. Oh, I'd love to have Todd Pettingill on here one day. It's like a dream of mine. But yes, thank you for staying with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I am JB. That is Chris Dredd. He is, you know, a wonderful man. He, despite what Brock Lesnar thinks of him. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and now Bobby Lashley and all. And Bobby Lashley, yeah. And uh, we will see you with ECW Cyber Slam. 1996 next week at some point yes indeed take care guys and we will see you soon bye